Thanks for listening to the Journey Christian Church podcast. We're on a mission to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. Our prayer is that this message encourages you today. And remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible. And last week, we kicked off this new series called Revision, where we're looking at the future and what we believe that God might be doing in the future. And, and last week, we talked about we're going to be praying for things that we believe could be and should be a part of Journey's future. One of the things that we shared is as we're praying, we're kind of aiming our feet towards our prayers and things that we're going to go after. And as the, the bumper said, we're kind of the mantra is if you don't see it before you see it, you're never going to see it. And that's our prayer is that God would allow us to get a glimpse of what he's doing in the future so we could start really leaning into what he's already doing and where he's calling us to be. Let me just tell you as a pastor how much you blessed me last week. First, you disappointed me and then you blessed me. <laughs> Specifically this service. You see, the 1115 service immediately booed me when I came up here. I'm so proud of them. Clearly, discipleship is really working at that service. Just grateful to see so many sinners in the room and just kidding. You know, here's, here's how you bless me. Here's how you bless me. The way you leaned into last week's message, the, the way that you were encouraging, I got so many conversations, texts, email, and what it is, it's, I don't even think it's about the vision. I think what y'all are hungry for and we're all hungry for is just a fresh move of God. And I'll tell you this, when there's a community of people hungry for a fresh move of God, that's the recipe for revival. And I love that about you. One of the things I talked about last week is how every, for the past maybe six months or so, we've been having right here at the Popka campus at 11 to 11.45 on Wednesdays, we have a prayer team. And we've been praying for uh, what could be and should be here at Journey. And, and it was incredible because last Wednesday I walk in and our prayer team literally doubled. We had almost 35 to 40 people right here praying for Lake County, praying for you online, praying for Apopka, praying for the different ministries. Listen, you know what happens when 35 or 40 people show up every week to pray? I don't know, but we're going to find out. <laughs> and that excites me. I get pumped up about that. Last week, we introduced the new vision statement of Journey. And it's this, Journey Christian Church is a community of fully devoted what? Disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. So we talked about it's going to be these three big buckets, reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting. We talked about this last week. We're going to talk about serving the hurting today, and then next week, develop leaders for ministry. So three key words, reach, serve, develop. We did this last week. Let's do it again. We're going to say it all together. We're going to what? One more time. Awesome. Thank you, Lake County. I heard you all the way from here. Well done. So we're going to reach, serve, and develop. And today, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about serving the hurting. And all of us have been in a place where maybe we've been hurting. It, it reminds me of the story, this eight-year-old boy, it was his birthday, and unfortunately, he was on crutches. And so he had to celebrate his birthday on crutches. And unfortunately, the mom every year makes cupcakes so that the class can celebrate his birthday. And the mom did it the same way. She made cupcakes. However, because he's on crutches, he couldn't carry them to class. 
So the mom said to the older brother, hey, do you mind just carrying these and taking them to his class? And the boy kind of looked at his mom and said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> okay, the dad overhears this, thinks this is a great teaching moment. The dad steps in and says, hey, son, what would Jesus do? And just as quick as he could think, the boy said, well, Jesus would heal him so he could carry his own cupcakes. <laughs> Now, I do think that Jesus may have healed that boy, but I don't think it was so he could carry his own cupcakes. You see, I think Jesus might heal that boy because Jesus cares about the vulnerable. All throughout the, the New Testament, the Gospels, we see that with Jesus. He cares about the fatherless, the widow, the foreigner, the sick, the diseased, the paralyzed, the stranger, the mute, the deaf, the crippled, and the blind, just to name a few. You see, Jesus cares about the vulnerable, and so should we. I don't know if you've ever been in a vulnerable situation. I've been in a lot of them. And vulnerable meaning I, I, I couldn't help myself. Somebody else maybe had to help me. Maybe it was when you were physically sick. Maybe when you were emotionally or spiritually lost and somebody came alongside you in your vulnerable state. I know for me, I had a lot of people really put their arm around me as I was growing up. I had so many opportunities that I was vulnerable and so many people cared for me and I remember from a young age as a teenager, I kept mental receipts of everybody that cared for me. I, I kept mental receipts. And I remember thinking from a young age, hey, when I am their age, when I get my life together, when I have enough resources, I want to be the blessing that they are to me, to other people. And I remember having this thought from a young age. And I said this, I said, God, whatever platform you give me, I'm going to use it to help those that don't have a platform. You see, I believe the church is supposed to use the voice it has to be a voice to the voiceless, those that are most vulnerable in our world, to be a voice for the hurting, the poor, and the marginalized. Last week, we talked about how a 1969 journey started with 14 people in the living room of Grant and Jean Mueller. Well, one of those 14 people was Virginia Gibbons. She's the one right here on Pastor John's right, and this is Jean, whose living room it started in. And although I didn't get a chance to meet Virginia, I hear incredible things. Unfortunately, last Sunday, at the age of 97, she passed away. She was Journey's last original active member. And she was incredible. I asked Pastor John about her as I didn't get to know her much. She said, he, uh, Pastor John said, Virginia represented everything we love about Journey. She was fun, funny, and most of all, faithful. She and her husband, Dick, traveled the country and the world many, many times on mission trips, telling people about Jesus and serving them. It reminds me of what John Wesley said when he said this, do all the good you can by all the means you can and all the ways you can and all the places you can as long as you can. You see, serving others is not a new part to our vision. It's in our DNA from day one in a living room of 14 people. There was this heart to serve people and tell them about the greatest news ever to hit our world, that God loves them, and so do we. It's in our DNA, and we're gonna just keep it, we're gonna keep it going. For some of us, and maybe some of you, the idea of serving can be hard, but not for me. Serving actually is really easy. Every day I wake up eager to serve. My problem is I just wanna serve myself. Can I get an Amen. I guess I'm the only one. All right, this is not a safe place. 
James 1.14 talks about this. It says, each of us is tempted when we are drawn away by our own desires. Like we have our own desire and that draws us away. Some of us are eager to serve the promise. It's just in the mirror. And so how do we, how do we take that desire and make it about other people? More importantly, what did Jesus say about serving? Mark 10, 43, whoever wants to be great must be a what? Servant. servant. Paul echoes this thought in Philippians. And your relationship with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a what? Servant. servant. So now we have a problem. Pastor, I thought we were talking about serving, but it looks like the scriptures are talking about being a servant, and there's a difference. You know, there's a difference between choosing to serve and choosing to be a servant, right? You see, when you choose to serve, when you and I choose to serve, we get to dictate when we serve, how we serve, who we serve, and what we serve. But when you and I choose to be a servant, we abandon those options because we are only submissive to the master. In this case, it's the father. You see, when we choose to be a servant, which is what Jesus talks about, we don't get to choose who we serve. We don't get to choose when we serve. We don't get to choose what we serve or how we serve. We just do whatever the master says. And that's the difference between choosing to serve and being a servant. When we choose to be a servant, we become available and vulnerable. Available and vulnerable. And that last word vulnerable, we get uncomfortable with that. But what we need to understand is Jesus was vulnerable all the way to the cross. And then at the cross, he said, follow me. You see, when we are available and vulnerable, we take on the posture of Jesus. If you have your Bible, I want you to open up to Matthew 25. Matthew's the first book in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels as well. Uh, joining us in Lake County online, go ahead and open your Bibles. Or if you have the Bible app, you go ahead and turn to Matthew 25. We're going to unpack this for a little bit. Matthew 25, verse 31 to 46. And I'm going to recap the beginning of it. It says this, when Jesus comes back, he's going to be sitting on a throne and everything's said and done. And he's going to separate the sheep and the goats. He's going to separate all of us like sheep and goats. It's going to be the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And then he's going to separate them. And he's going to say this. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. For I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink, a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you visited me. He looks to the sheep on the right. He says, you can enter into the inheritance that you've had since the creation of the world because of those things. And at this, the hearers would be confused. Like, when do we see you, Jesus, any of those things? And that's where it picks up in Matthew 25, verse 37. It says, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or when do we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick and in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then Jesus looks to the left, the goats, and it says, depart from me for you are cursed. You see, for I was hungry and you didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. They said the same thing, Lord, when do we see you in any of those situations and not actually care for you? And then Matthew 25, 45, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. 
Like when we read that, I don't know how you respond when you read that. That is heavy. Jesus saying, hey, sheep, be blessed. Enter eternal life. Goats, depart from me. And this is just an example. I'm not saying this side is more righteous than this side. I see some dirty looks over here, okay? Everybody just calm down. And I don't know if everybody over here is righteous either, okay? And so this is kind of heavy. And so some of us might read this and say, hey, listen, I thought we were saved by grace, but now it's saying it seems like it's works. No, 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 no. We are saved by grace. That's what the whole gospel, that's what the New Testament's about. That's what the cross is for. We can't work for our salvation. I love what Pastor Rick actually says. He says, serving doesn't make you a follower of Jesus, but following Jesus will make you a servant. James 2.17, faith without actions is dead. And although I hate to bring this up, Pastor John's a big Kentucky fan. Don't know if you know that or not. He loves the University of Kentucky. Now listen, I want you to think about this. If Pastor John, okay, if he claimed to love Kentucky but never talked about Kentucky, he never visited Kentucky, he wasn't from Kentucky, never watched any games, didn't own anything Kentucky, never wore it, some might question whether or not he actually loves Kentucky. However, because he's a sinner, that's not how he is. He, overly talks about Kentucky. He loves Kentucky. There's no guessing what's going on in his heart because what's in his heart comes out through his actions. And that's what James says. Faith without actions is dead. That's what's happening is, is we express our love for Jesus by how we care for the least of these. And if you want a good laugh this past week, we, we shot midweek conversation. If you don't know about this, every single Wednesday, Pastor John and I shoot midweek conversation where we just talk about what's going on in the life of the church. And I gotta tell you, uh, I think this past Wednesday may have been my favorite one because I got a glimpse. I'm telling you, I got a glimpse of what six-year-old Pastor John looked like on Christmas morning. He was so excited to shoot that because he had all this Kentucky gear decked out. So if you want a good laugh, you can go check that out. Jesus cares about the vulnerable. As a matter of fact, this is what Psalm 34, 18 says. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. You, know, you wanna know one of the number one ways that God ensures he's near to the brokenhearted? He sends the church to the brokenhearted. You know that, that's how he does that. He sends you and me. I'll give you an example. I got this email a couple weeks ago from one of our leaders named Katie, a volunteer, says this, hi, Pastor Dustin, emailing you with some only God can stuff. Did you know that Journey is one of only three, yes, three churches in the entire state to be offering single and parenting? And guess what? I'm one of the leaders. I stepped out in faith after not being able to ignore the Holy Spirit's repeated prompting. It's been such an amazing experience. The other part of this God puzzle is after you talked on discovering your passion for serving, it made me rethink how I serve. I, reserved, uh, I reversed my thinking and thought first, what do I love to do? And then secondly, how can I pair that with the furthering the kingdom of God? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I love, and I mean love, to cook for other people. There is something truly spiritual and powerful when you take food to a hurting person. I'm able to feed their soul and their body. This is the amazing part. I now combine my two passions. Single and parenting meets on Monday nights, the same night as Grief Share. Grief Share loves, loves to love on hurting people. One way of doing this is by providing a hot meal. Many of these folks are alone for what might be the first time or for the first time in a long time. And guess what? Single parents are exhausted and many of them 
uh, too busy or too tired to even cook a meal. I cannot begin to tell you what it does to my soul to be able to put into practice two of the things that I'm most passionate about. I feel so close to God and truly in step with his will for my life. I am truly the one being blessed. Please pray for both these precious groups of people that I get the honor to serve every Monday night. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? Do you, do you hear the spirit of that? Like, like, it's not what I have to do, it's what I get to do. And that's when you know it's joy-filled serving. I get to do this. And she's combining her passions. That's the way God has hardwired her. I promise you, they don't want me cooking for them. I promise. But she found her, her shape, as we talked about in July. And now she's putting it to use. That's one of the examples, one of the vast examples of what it means to come alongside and serve the hurting. I don't know if you know this. We have all kinds of support groups here. We have grief share, as it mentioned in the email, as well as divorce care, single and parenting, journey to Christian recovery, Alzheimer's and dementia support group. And then starting this Thursday, we have another round of Financial Peace University. That's going to start right here at our Apopka campus and in our Apopka community. Anybody is welcome, whether you have financial troubles or you have more than enough and just don't know what to do with your finances. Financial Peace University comes alongside and walks with you. I've been through it several times. It's incredible. I love that we have groups set up with volunteers and staff that say, hey, we want to walk through some of the darkest and hardest people's lives every step of the way. I love that. Last week, I got up here and I shared a variety of things. I told you I got away in June and I, and I felt like God gave me 25 things on praying that he would do by the end of 2025. And then I shared with you some of those things. And I, and I got to be honest, to, to share some of those things is, is pretty vulnerable because I don't know if they're going to happen. I have no idea if they're going to happen, but I just know that my job is not to make sure they happen. My job is to pray for them. And my job is to tell you what I believe I'm praying for. And so last week, I shared with you some of the things I'm praying for as it relates to reaching out to loving our neighbor. And now I want to share some more things as it relates to what I'm praying that God would allow us to do to serve the hurting. One of the things that I'm praying for is that God would allow us to establish mission partners on every inhabitable continent. Some of y'all are thinking about, well, what about Antarctica? God's not there, okay? <laughs> I talked to God, and he's like, hey, that's a hard pass. We're good. Don't worry about it. I said, cool. We're on the same page. You see, the Bible talks over and over and over about taking God's love glo uh, locally, regionally, and then globally. Acts 1.8 even says, take it to the ends of the earth. And what would it look like if we had a mission partner on every inhabitable continent in the world? That'd be cool. That's what I'm praying for. One of the things I'm praying for is that God would allow us to hire a missions or outreach pastor. You see, right now we have a three-headed monster uh, that's attacking the missions. That's Pastor John, Pastor Harvey, and myself. That makes up our missions team. And we love missions. We have a heart for it. But what I'm about to unveil is going to be more than what we can do. We wanna, we're praying that God would allow us to have a dedicated person to run after what I believe he's calling us to do which is what I'm calling the Matthew 25 initiative. You see, in Matthew 25, uh, Jesus comes out and says, hey, we're gonna separate the sheep and the goats, and here's six examples. And, and I begin to pray, what would it look like for a church if we had six pillars of our missions department that really cared for these six things? And so here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for a church that would be able to feed the hungry. You see, some of y'all are like, well, don't we already do that? Isn't that what food for life is? Yes, we do. 
but what would it look like if we just, if we just put gas on that fire? What would it look like if we kind of had a food for life 2.0? What, what, what would it look like if we could give it more resources and more uh, just wattage to see what kind of reach it might do in our community? And so my prayer is that we would see what I'm referring to as food for life 2.0. Second thing I'm praying for is that God would allow us to give water to the thirsty. You see, we already have uh, several different mission partners around the world that are all about digging wells or repairing wells. And what I'm praying for is what would it look like for us to come alongside them and say, hey, we want to take care of that well. We want to build that well. We want to repair that well so we can give water to people that need it, not just uh, occasionally, but to literally light, change and save their lives and their community. One of the things I'm praying for is we find ways to welcome the stranger. My prayer is that we would explore some ways and strategy as a church to welcome those that might be new to Central Florida, that might be new to our community. I don't know if you've ever been new anywhere. It's extremely vulnerable. And God cares for the vulnerable. One of the things I'm praying for is that God would allow us to clothe the needy. And one of the ways I'm praying for this is that God might allow us to open up a thrift shop. Now, that's, that's, a big, that's a big prayer request because that needs 24-7 space. We don't have 24-7 space. We don't have the space to do it. I don't have anything in mind. I have no idea. I just know that I'm called to pray that God might allow us to open a thrift, stop, thrift shop because one of the things that we have in our community is what I would refer to as a ton of people in the working poor, meaning these people are working. They're, they're trying to make it, but they're still struggling. And how do we come alongside the working poor and say, hey, see those $50 shoes? Uh, can you give us $5? No, I have $2, we'll take them. Deal. Now get out of here. <laughs> you know who's working the thrift shop? You. You're working it, and you're the light and the love of Jesus to people that come in after a hard day, and you get to love them, look them in the eyes, and say, hey, God loves you, and so do we, and maybe pray for them and tell them why we do what we do, because God's crazy about them. Next one, I'm praying that we would figure out some systematic ways to care for the sick. Now, listen, I know we do this individually. I know we do all this individually. I'm talking about or just as a strategy as a church. You guys are great for caring for one another. But how can we organizationally care for the sick? One of the things I'm praying for is that God would allow us to continue to visit those in prison. You see, in Matthew 25, Jesus lists these things. And I'm just dreaming of what could be and should be. Can you imagine a church that has six different pillars doing the things that Jesus talks about in Matthew 25? I don't know about you, but that gets me fired up. That's the kind of church I wanna be a part of. And again, this isn't all new things. As a matter of fact, we've had a prison ministry here. Al and Sue have done an incredible job as they started a ministry called Jaya, which stands for Just As You Are. Some of you might know about Alan Sue and the Jaya ministry. Some of you uh, have no idea who they are, but you see this guy baptize uh, girls all the time. And you're like, man, who is that guy? And what's he about? And, and, and in a minute, we're gonna get a chance to meet them. But one of the things that you need to know is, is I love, yes. Here's the thing. The reason this section is what I was about to say. The reason this section is excited is because this is the Jaya Girls. And Al and Sue, um, would you go ahead and just stand up for us real quick? This is Al and Sue. Go ahead and stand up. Grateful for you, Al and Sue. 
Al and Sue have done an incredible job doing what we just talked about, walking alongside the vulnerable, the hurting. And I love y'all so much, so grateful to be able to do ministry with y'all. And because of you, I've been able to meet some new heroes with the Steps Girls. And I'm just so grateful to know you and, and meet you. And, and so what we did is I just wanted you to understand a little bit about how God's using this incredible ministry. Check this out. My name is Al Hoover. My name is Sue Hoover. And together we're founders of Just As You Are Ministries, known as Jaya. My name is Amanda Payton, and I'm a current resident at Steps Inpatient. I'm, my name is Allison Powell, and I'm a graduate of the Steps Treatment um, Residential Program. Sue and I uh, actually have been together for 52 years, and through that 52 years, uh, we were married for five years in the beginning, and uh, this is before Christ, and that led to uh, a failed marriage, unfortunately, and we were divorced for 15 years, so we have 20 years before Christ. And then once we came to Christ, uh, we actually got remarried, and we've been remarried for 30 years. And during that process, uh, 17 years ago, we began to go into prisons and, and share our story to bring hope to others. And uh, through COVID and the changing of uh, how the world's been and Department of Corrections, we've been forced to uh, close down the facility that we did for the last 14 years. So we picked up on the STEPS program, which is around the corner from here, which is a private uh, treatment facility for women. Uh, we go in there every week and uh, do a Bible study with the girls and do 12-step recovery also. Most importantly, we go in there to love and encourage them. They're amazing women and they're created by God. And so, you know, it's a blessing that Al and I can go in there and, and love on them. It means so much. And isn't that what we all should be doing is, is um, loving on others for Jesus. So when I was 21, I broke my back and the doctors overprescribed me and I became instantly addicted. And for the last 10 years, I've been fighting it. And when I finally came into Steps Inpatient, March 3rd, after my birthday, um, I didn't want to be there. I was miserable. But once I met Sue and Al and they came in and told their story, I finally had surrendered. And in April, I had gotten baptized. And it's just an amazing experience. What brought me to um, the Steps Women's Treatment Facility was um, about 15, 20 years of drugs and alcohol. And through that, I have met Sue and Al with Jaya Ministries and they were able to start coming to the STEPS program on Wednesdays. Their stories were just amazing and just made me, I couldn't wait for Sunday to come to Journey. If it wasn't for Journey Church, I probably wouldn't have continued my treatment because I didn't want to be there. But literally coming here every Sunday, it makes my whole entire week. Alan Sue, have been through the years that I have been through so I can relate to the struggles. And they are showing up for people like me. That's how much love their ministry has. Because of Sue and Al, my rededication in baptism, back knowing my Lord and Savior, I'm on a new journey with Jesus Christ today. I call myself a disciple. Amen.
I hope, I hope, um, I hope y'all just saw what happened. The church did what the church should do. They just gave you a standing ovation. What I want you to know is what that means is that Journey Christian Church, more importantly, God, is with you and for you. And we're not going to let you forget that. Amen. What does the future of Journey Christian Church look like? My prayer is more of those stories. Can I tell you a fear of mine? whether it's with Food for Life or Jaya, this is my fear that 15, 20 years down the road, we're talking, hey, you remember that ministry we used to have? Remember how cool that was? That's my, that's my biggest fear because I believe what God is doing through these ministries is incredible. But just like we're going through a transition in senior leadership, we need to have a new generation that comes alongside the people that have been carrying these ministries for a decade or two decades, and we need to come alongside them and say, hey, we're going to take the time. We're going to come alongside you. We want to help as you minister to the vulnerable, as you care for the hurting. We want to come alongside and do that. That's not just your ministry. That's our ministry. How can we help? How can we serve? And so one of the things we want to do is we just want to up our resources for the Jaya ministry as they continue to serve one in the prisons and then how they beautifully pivoted during COVID. And this is our steps girls, but guess what? This is not all of them because several weeks ago I went and I got to hang out at the steps facility and I got to meet some new friends. And one of the things that I found out I didn't realize is that every Sunday, I, I thought this was the extent of, of the impact, but they're like, no, 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 no. In this living room, there's another group of ladies that are watching every single Sunday. And so I want to say to all the steps girls watching right now, hey, we're grateful for you and we love you and we're with you. And so is God. Amen. Amen. I called Pastor John after I got to hang out with y'all and I said, hey, did you know we have a third service or a third campus? I said, we got a whole nother campus I didn't even know about. So what I want to tell you, girls at the facility and ladies here, is I just want you to know y'all are some of my new heroes, and I mean that. And you need to know that when there's the kingdom of God as a dining room table, if, if, if you're not there, the table is empty. When you're not in our services, it doesn't feel like journey. And you help the kingdom of God look like the kingdom of God. We're so grateful for you. So grateful for you, for everybody watching online from the Steps facility. So encouraged. I love what Mother Teresa said. She says, if we judge people, we have no time to love them. You know, that's one of the biggest complaints in the church or from outsiders to the church is we just judge people. Well, great, let's just get rid of that. Just, let's just love people. We ain't got time to judge anybody. I don't want anybody judging me. I got all kinds of issues. Y'all don't, maybe y'all don't need to know that just yet. You'll find that later, but I got a lot of issues, folks. And that's the beauty of following Jesus. We're just a bunch of sinners stacking hands and saying, hey, we worship a great God, amen. Church, there's a world, there's a world of hurting people that are wondering if God loves them. 
and what we get to do and what we can do and should do is we should pull up a chair and look them in the eyes in their darkest and, and scariest days. And we should say, hey, listen, not only is there a God, but he loves you and he cares for you. And not only does he love you, we love you. That's what it looks like to serve the hurting. That's what it looks like to be the body of Christ. And so what we're praying for is those list of things that we just mentioned, the Matthew 25 initiative. Is all that going to happen? I don't know. Is any of it going to happen? I don't know. Will it happen tomorrow? Probably not. But it's where I'm praying. And where I'm praying is where I'm pointing my feet. And I'm saying, God, would you allow us to do what could be and should be when it comes to serving the hurting, the most vulnerable that you cared about? Would you allow us to be a church like that? And here's the deal. It's nothing new. You, are, you already embody that. But let's pour some gasoline on that. Amen? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, so grateful to be a part of a church that's already established, even from day one, with Virginia Gibbons, a, a heart to, to let it be known about your love and your grace to the ends of the earth. And God, would we continue what you started and in that living room in 1969 where they began to dream of what could be and should be in this part of Central Florida. And God, I pray, would you help us to come alongside the most vulnerable and the hurting and the broken? And when we do, we'll find you because that's where you are. God, would you help us? We repent for the times we've judged people. Would you help us not to judge others? because we're just too busy serving them. We're just too busy, full of compassion for them. So God, we thank you for the success stories that we just heard and so many more. From the Steps Girls to Jaya to all the other ministries and Food for Life, there's just so many great things you're doing. We're just saying, God, this is great. And by your grace and kindness, would you allow us to do more? There's so many more hurting people and we wanna reach them with the practical love, but also the spiritual good news of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We need you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you like this podcast, we post a new message every week. So make sure to click that follow button and share it with your friends. Remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And through Jesus, anything is possible.